but we're going to have some fun. We're starting a brand new series today called 25,000 Mornings. And I'm really excited about it because the concept is this, is basically from your adult age of 18, uh, the human lifespan normally lasts about 80 years, so you're about 62 years in your life, and that accumulates to about 24,800 mornings, rounded up 25,000 mornings. You have 25,000 mornings in your adult life. And there might be some people in this room that actually have a little bit less than that. There might be people that have a little bit more than that, give or take. But ultimately, what we need to know and we need to talk about this is a principle that time is limited. You have a limited amount of time on earth. And so we, we form it into this title right here, 25,000 Mornings, where time is limited. So we want to live it wise and we want to live it well. There's a common kind of platitude and cliche in our culture that says, especially to young people, sow your wild oats, live it up. How many know that's foolish wisdom? Yeah, you're not supposed to live it up. You're supposed to live it well. And so that's what we want to teach today. And that's what I want to kind of dive into today is in this series, Pops actually came up to me and Dad was like, listen, I'm going to allow you to do an entire series. So you get four weeks straight of me. Did somebody just boo? I swear I heard a boo. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. So you get four straight weeks of me. You have Pastor Jonathan in between here. But uh, I, I get to teach this subject. And he asked one request. He just said, Devin, listen, I have one request for you. Please do not blow up the church. And I responded back. I said, Dad, no promises. <laughs> just kidding. That's that was just a joke. Okay, everybody. We're going to build a church. We're going to grow the church. Can I get an amen from some people of faith in here? Um, so I want to talk about uh, 10, 000, or 25,000 mornings. And so uh, let's dive into the scripture. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. Write this down in your notes. This is kind of the series text. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. The message paraphrase says it like this. Oh, teach us to live well. Teach us to live wisely and teach us to live well. One of the uh, translations in the NIV, it actually says, teach us to number our days, for we want to gain a heart of wisdom. Because how many know time is limited, so we want to live it well. This is not a time to waste time, because how many know time is such a limited commodity? We want to live wisely, we want to live well. And so you need two things. You need personal development and spiritual development. I'm starting to teach right now, and you guys can holler back at me. So you need personal development and spiritual development. What is spiritual development? Spiritual development helps you to live right. Personal development helps you to live well. That's really good, by the way. And so David speaks it like this in the Psalms. He says he, he led with integrity of heart. What is that? Internal and skillful hands, external. And so if you want to live a life that is uh, healthy, strong, you want to live a life that is well and wise, you need to have integrity of heart. You need to have spiritual development. And you need to have skillful hands, personal development. And so I want to have success while also being sane. How many know the scripture that says, uh, listen, what, what good is it to gain the whole world? yet forfeit your soul. I don't simply just want to be successful. I also want to be sane being successful. I don't just want to be sane. I also want to be successful. Come on, somebody. So I want to be productive, but I also want to have peace. Anybody else? So I want to have blessings, but I don't want to have burdens. I, I want to have a life where my internal health is healthy, but I also want to have a life where externally I'm getting blessed. Because how many know we live in a cursed world, but you can still be a blessed man or a blessed woman? Oh, my gosh, that was so good. Come on, we live in a cursed world where sin, sickness, death, all these things are running rampant in our society. But we might live in a cursed world, but baby, I'm a blessed man. And I want, to say, I want you to be able to say the very same thing. And I'm not saying all the materialistic things, that you don't have all the money in the world. Because how many know some people are so rich, but they are so poor at the same time. And so we want to live a life that is wise, and we want to live a life that is well. And somebody asked me this question. They go, Dev, are you, merely, are you just simply existing or are you living? 
Because I think a lot of people in this room fall into three different categories. You're either sinking, surviving, or thriving. And I believe that God wants to teach you and wants you to live a life where you thrive. Some people are sinking. They just can't get their head above water. They're constantly drowning in bills, depression, anxiety. Some people are surviving where they're just getting their head above water, making paycheck to paycheck, living paycheck paycheck to paycheck. Or some people are thriving where they're rich in relationship, they're rich in blessings, they're rich in wealth, they're rich in faith. And I want that for your life. How many want to thrive in their life? Yeah, I want to, I want to thrive. I don't want to sink. I don't simply want to just survive. And a lot of people are in the survival state. But I want to thrive in my life because God, God has come to bring life and life abundant. He's come to bring life and life abundant, and that's what I want for you. But if we're going to live life right, we need to make sure we heal our hurt. And that's what I want to talk about today specifically. So for the next four weeks, I got, I got some great stuff. Next week, we're going to talk about discouragement. And so I want to talk about how to defeat discouragement. I want to get rid of discouragement, how to constantly stay encouraged. That's just, does that sound good to anybody else? And so I want to, I want to get rid of discouragement in your life. But ultimately, if we're going to live well, we need to address hurt because some people are so hurt that they can't live well. And so that's what I want to talk about today. So why don't we go ahead and go to Psalm chapter 147. It says it like this. The Amplified Bible says, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. Praise is becoming and praise is appropriate. The Passion Translation says it like this. Praise makes you lovely before him. How many want to be lovely before God? One translation says it's like he's desi- you're desirable. Anybody ever seen somebody attractive? You're just like, dang, she's fine. That's what I saw with my wife. I was like, dang, that, I want that. I want that girl. I want that girl right there. God, when you're praising, when you're a praiser, and when you just say thank God, you are so attractive to him. And then it goes on. Go to the next slide, guys. And it says this. It brings him great delight. I just thought it would be appropriate today. Is there anybody in here that is just thankful and blessed that you got a new day? You got some new breath in your lungs. You got a new life. You've been blessed. God has taken care of you. You might not have all things together. You might not be perfect. I think it'd be appropriate to praise God this morning and just say, God, we are thankful. We are grateful. I should not be here right now. I might be in prison if I was living any other life, but you have been grateful and gracious to me. Come on, somebody. It's good to praise God, and I wish our church was good at praising God. Can we praise God one more time, everybody? Come on, God is worthy to be praised. Praise the Lord. And then the Bible says that the Lord is building up Jerusalem. He is gathering together all the exiles of Israel. Later goes on to say this. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. I love how the Amplified says it. He's healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. God is a healer, but how many know God is also a comforter? He is the great I am. He is whatever you need, whenever you need it, at whatever time you need it at. And so if you are struggling with finances, I'm telling you, we serve a God that is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. So your job is not your source. God is your source, which is why we are tithers at this church. And many of us have decided and committed to be tithers because we say, God is my source, and I'm going to bless uh, God. I'm going to give God. I'm going to return to God what he has already given me. And in return, I get all my finances blessed. How many know that's a good life to live? And so... That's why we praise God, because he's a healer, he's a comforter, he's a provider, he is our advocate, he is our help when we need help, he is our wonderful counselor. This is the God that we serve. And I want you to write down the title of today's message, because I promise you it's going to speak to you today. Write down today's title is this, I need a doctor. I need a doctor. But why don't you go ahead and turn to your neighbor and just say, hey, neighbor. Just say, hey, neighbor, hey, neighbor. You definitely need a doctor. You need some help. You need some help. You need some help. You need some help. Uh, Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our community. Thank you for all the people that have come here today. 
to get a word from you, Lord. I, I, I know it is not Devin's words that can change anybody's life, but it is your words that can change everybody in here. And I know there's a lot of people that desperately need some help. Uh, they don't need fixing. They need healing. They don't need things to stop. They need things to end. And so, Father, I just pray that in this moment and in these moments we share together, you would speak so clearly, so fluently with boldness. Help me, God. Help me. I need your help. Um, I want to be able to minister to their heart. I don't want to speak to their head. I want to get 17 inches below that and get to their heart, God, because I believe their internal, their inner man or inner being can be healthier and stronger. And so we have a, se- a sensitive subject and a tender subject that we're going to address today. So, Father, would you help and, uh, in Jesus' name? But also, I also want to pray one more thing, God, that uh, we just want to praise you, Lord, that we have Kemba Walker coming to the Boston Celtics now, God. We are so thankful, Lord. That we have a leader like that. And we also rebuke the Los Angeles Lakers in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. And also the Clippers, God. We rebuke them as well in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Um, There's a man named Art Lampett. Art Lampett was a 26-year-old real estate agent. And he was driving in the highway. And uh, he was driving a T-63, had bald tires, tires, end up hydroplaning, ends up hitting a semi-truck. Hits the semi-truck, and it has such severe damage to his body, he had to get 50 stitches on his face, neck, chest. This is a true story, by the way. Face, neck, chest. Um, He ends up breaking five ribs. He ends up going to the hospital. Gets hospitalized for eight weeks, and so he's chilling in the hospital for eight weeks. Has a full body cast. Had a tracheotomy. Basically, he had to breathe through a tube for all those eight weeks. Now, he made almost a full recovery. Of course, there's going to be aches, pains, bruises, all these things that he is walking with in his life going forward. But fast forward 51 years later from his accident, he's walking into his local courthouse, again, 51 years later. And so he's 77 years old, walks into this courthouse. He gets wanded down by one of those security guards, and he makes sure there's no metal on his body. They go through his chest. They go through his legs. They go through this leg. They go through his right arm, go through his left arm. And then the metal detector goes off when he goes over his left forearm. And they realize that there's a little piece of metal lodged in his forearm. They thought it was fascinating, and he's never realized this. He ended up going to a doctor. And then he ended up having to get a surgery, and he removed the blinker from his car. Seven-inch blinker was lodged into his forearm and grafted into his forearm. It's a true story. And I thought to myself, 51 years after an accident, and he still has shrapnel lodged in his body from that accident. I wonder today if there's some people in the room where you might have experienced some trauma, some hurts, some aches, some pains, some wounds, you might be carrying some shrapnel from that years, months, weeks later. And that's what I want to address today is I want to talk about some of the wounds that a lot of us feel. Because this man didn't even know that he had his entire blinker, his whole, this, this, you know, the turn signal lodged into his form. He had no idea, and it was in there for 51 years. I want to address it today. I want to talk about uh, how all of us need a doctor. And there are different types of wounds. There are different types of injuries. There are different types of incidents that all of us have experienced in some way, shape, or form. You might have some minor wounds. You might have some major wounds. But the reality is you have some wounds. And I want to talk about it because I think the church needs to address some of these things because you need to get well. Because if you want to get well, you need to get healthy and you need to get rid of some of those injuries. But write this down in your notes if you're taking notes today. Here's the big idea is this, is that you are not responsible for your injuries but you are responsible for your healing. 
Yeah, you're not responsible for the things that happened to you. You could not control that. There's many things that you had no, uh, no way of controlling. There was no possible way you could have even stopped it. Some people had some traumatic experiences as children. Some people, maybe you were an adult. Some people, maybe you suffered abandonment. Some people, maybe you have suffered some severe losses in your life or children. And I'm sorry, I don't want to open the wound, but the reality is you can't forget the past. You actually have to confront the past if you're going to get over the past. Yeah, I want to teach you how to get past your past. But you need to address your injuries because your injuries you're not responsible for, but your healing you are responsible for. And I was just curious. I did some studying a little bit, and I actually found that there are four different types of wounds. And honestly, I was reading this article, and I thought, although this is a doctor's uh, assessment of some different types of wounds, I thought to myself, this has so much spiritual application to it. And so I want to give you four types of wounds that the doctors say everybody has or experienced at some point in their life, most likely. So write down the first one is this. The first type of wound is an abrasion. Somebody say abrasion. This is an abrasion. Go ahead and throw up that definition there, guys. An abrasion occurs when your skin rubs or scrapes against a rough or hard surface. Road rash is an example of an abrasion. There's usually not a lot of bleeding, but the wound needs to be scrubbed and cleaned to avoid infection. To me, I see so much in that little thing right there that maybe there are some people that have experienced an abrasion in their life. And it might not be a deep wound, but it is something that is surface level because that's what an abrasion is. It doesn't go deeper than skin, but maybe there are some people in this room that have been shamed because of what they look like or have been shamed or body shamed. Or, or you might have and carrying some weight that you don't want. And so I know the culture and the world we live in loves to elevate beautiful people or models. But let me just tell you something. We live in a fake reality. Instagram is not real, people. Is anybody in this place? Yeah, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, social media, there are filters, and that world is a lie. <laughs> yeah, we throw out our highlights. Those aren't real things, y'all. I just want to let you know that. And so although it looks like they're eating the perfect stuff, they're living with the perfect life, they have the perfect friends, their life is just as jacked up as your life is. Let me just tell you. But we live in a world and a culture where we promote beauty. But I love what God says because in the kingdom of God it operates differently. For the Bible says that he does not look at, the way, he does not look at people the way, uh, he, the way people look at people. See, because people look at the exterior, God looks at the heart. And so if you want to get promoted when it comes to the kingdom of God, he doesn't promote you because of what you look like. He promotes you because of who you are and the heart that you carry. And that's why you got to make sure you protect your heart. I had a grandmother come up to me in church not too long ago. She was like, she goes, young man, you are very handsome. I go, shoot, grandma, thank you so much, girl. I appreciate that. And then she responds, she just, she just goes, I hope you're as handsome on the inside as you are the outside. I go, oh, my God, oh, oh, my heart. And I responded back. I didn't know anything else to say. I was just like, me too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I want that. And I just thought there was a beautiful principle in there. I want to be better on the inside than I am the outside. Because I think there's a lot of people, they look beautiful on the outside, but how many know there's toxicity and poison and injuries all on the inside? I want my insides to be better than my outsides. I'll give you this illustration. Watch this. Um, go ahead and throw up the picture there, guys, of the, uh, of the Chrysler. So there's this Chrysler I found on on the internet. Uh, it was th uh, Chrysler 300C, and they're going to throw it up in a second. But the Chrysler 300C normally goes for anywhere between, you know, ten to $20,000, depending on the year you're buying this thing. Uh, this particular Chrysler 300C was sold for $1 million. What in the world? I ended up doing some more research, and I found out this is Barack Obama's 300C. And so watch, and this is so good. Watch. 
So because of the person that owned the vehicle and because of the person that was on the inside of the vehicle, the value increased. Oh, my goodness gracious. Can I tell you, you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. And so no matter what people look at you like or no matter what you've done or the mistakes you made, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. Naturally, your value increases. You are so valuable. You are so loved. No matter what culture says about you, God loves you and God protects you. Can I get a better amen than that from somebody in this church? You might have experienced some abrasions in your life. There might be some people that have experienced some shame or some abrasion, some outside level stuff. But then there goes a deeper level. And this is the next level is this, is a laceration. And this is what a laceration's definition is. Go ahead and throw it up there, guys. Is this, a laceration is a deep cut, a tearing of your skin, accidents oftentimes with knives, tools, machinery, are frequent causes of lacerations. In the case of deep lacerations, bleeding, watch, bleeding can be rapid and extensive. Do you know how many people bleed all over other people because they're injured and they've experienced a laceration? So listen, psychologists say that anger is a secondary emotion. It's never a first emotion. It's a secondary emotion. And so angry people, bitter people, prideful people, all these types of people, they're not bitter people. They're not angry people. They're not prideful people. They're hurt people. And so maybe when somebody is mistreating you, you ought to think to yourself, and oftentimes we ask the question, what's wrong with them? You should dive deeper into that question because something is wrong with them. They have experienced some type of trauma or hurt. And a lot of men in this room, we have pride, and we like to act like we're all good because actually pride, prideful people are just hurting people. That's the reality of it. And I wonder how many people are injured in this room and you're bleeding all over your friends and family where you are experiencing the symptoms of hurt, but the reality is you actually have a sickness and the symptoms are just revealing it. That you're just bleeding all over people because you've experienced a laceration, something that goes deeper than skin. And then here's the third one. This is such a good sermon. I just want to say that out loud. And then here's, here's, the, third, here's the third wound is this, a puncture. And go ahead and throw up the definition. A puncture is this. A puncture is a small hole caused by a long pointy object such as a nail or a needle. Sometimes a bullet can cause a puncture wound. Punctures may not bleed much, watch, but these wounds can be deep enough to damage internal organs. Oh, I could preach this so good right now. So punctures may not bleed much. Just because you're not bleeding doesn't mean you're not injured. So just because you don't see effects doesn't mean you haven't been hurt. But oftentimes people that experience a puncture, a loss, a hurt, an abandonment, some type of trauma, it damages internal organs. So it goes further than the epidermis, the dermis, or even the hypodermis. It gets in the bloodstream. Oh, you didn't know you're going to learn some anatomy lessons today. You didn't know that. Okay. I just studied this on Google yesterday. I didn't remember it from whatever. But oftentimes people can be so damaged and so hurt and experience such trauma in their lives that eventually gets into your bloodstream, and it then affects not just, not just your exterior, but also your interior, your heart, your mind, even your soul can be fractured. And I think there will probably be a lot of people in this room, there's a lot of people watching online, certainly, that have experienced some types of trauma, of abrasions, lacerations, or even punctures like that. And I want to address it today. I want to touch it today. Because the Bible talks very clearly about a healthy person. And although your spirit and your spirit has been saved and going to heaven, ultimately, my job as a communicator, this is the vision statement I have as a communicator, is I want to point people to heaven and I want people to live heaven on earth as well. 
Because how many know, if you were called to just go to heaven, you would ascend right away as soon as you got saved. But because you are still here, it means you have purpose for your life. And I want to teach you how to live wise and how to live well. But you can't live well if you still live hurt. So there's punctures. And then the last one is this. Here's the fourth one is this. I never heard this term before, but it's an avulsion. Anybody ever heard this term before? Overachievers. Okay, whatever. This is an avulsion. Here's the definition. An avulsion is a partial or complete tearing of skin in the tissue beneath. Avulsions usually occur during violent accidents, such as body-crushing accidents, explosions, gunshots. They bleed heavily and rapidly. And this is the most severe type of wound a person can have. This is oftentimes when they see traumatic or explosive experiments or or big body-crushing accidents. And to me, what I felt like God was speaking is, These types of incidents are ones that affect your identity, is when your injury becomes your identity. See, because a lot of people, literally, they'll experience these traumatic events, and their face will change. And there are some people in this room, there are some people watching, there are some people listening, where you've experienced such traumatic experiences, it's literally changed who you are. And God wants to make sure your dysfunction doesn't become your identity. Because, again, you are not responsible for your injuries, but you are responsible for your healing. And God wants to heal you today. Why? Because in Psalm chapter 147, like we just read, he is a healer of pain and he is a comforter of your sorrows. And I love this about our God. He is a healer. He is a comforter. Actually, matter of fact, throw it up there, guys, one more time. Psalm 147, the Amplified Bible, says it like this. This is honestly prophetic because, watch, Israel, God's chosen people, really, uh, Jerusalem, or we are new Jerusalem in the new covenant, but this is Israel, God's chosen people. They say, he says, praise the Lord. It's good to sing praises to our God. Praises are becoming inappropriate. Next slide. And then it goes on to say, the Lord is building up Jerusalem. Because you might have been beat down, Jerusalem. You might have been beat down, sir. You might have been beat down, ma'am. But God wants to say, I am building you up. You might have been beaten down, but I am building you up. And this is a prophetic scripture because it says, he is gathering together all the exiles of Israel. Israel has been homeless. Israel has been abandoned. Israel has gone through trauma, experiences, suffered diseases, suffered murder. People have been killed. Family, family members have been lost. All these traumatic experiences, and God is saying, I I am bringing you back together. I am building you back up, and I am your healer, and I am your comforter. And that's why I want to declare over your life today is there's some people in this room. You need to know, although you have been through a lot, I am telling you, Jesus can handle your pain, and he can heal your diseases. He can heal your sicknesses, and he can comfort all your inner turmoil, and he can heal your soul. Can I get an amen from this? He can heal it. He can get it better. He can make it better. He can make you stronger. You need a doctor. You need a doctor. And ultimately, I'm trying to communicate and trying to identify with some people in this room because you just need to come to the conclusion and say, I am not okay. I need a doctor. I need a doctor. Because ultimately, you cannot heal what you hide. And so if you don't acknowledge that something is problematic, you will never get that problem solved and never get that problem fixed. So I ran across this brilliant story. Um, you might have heard of him before because he was one of our presidents, but President James A. Garfield uh, was a man who got shot. He got assassinated. And he was assassinated, shot in his back, shot in his arm. Uh, ironically, the one in the arm went, went uh, through, and it was a puncture wound, but it went through. But the bullet that was left inside of his chest, uh, he was in the middle of a train station, actually fell to the ground, and there were about 10 different people all around him. And they tried to get the bullet out because they realized if the bullet didn't come out, uh, he could die. 
The reality was that all of his friends that tried to get all the bullets out, they never washed their hands. It was very unsterile. It was very unclean. The ground in the train station was absolutely disgusting, full of germs. And the reality was that our president was shot to death, was shot not to death, but he was actually killed by infection. The assassinator was the one that actually famously quoted. He goes, listen, I didn't kill the president. I just shot the president. (laughs) And so a man who was insane actually said something that was sane because watch. The president did not die from the bullet. The president died from the infection. And there are a lot of people in this room who have experienced such wounds, such such deep wounds and such deep hurts. And listen, you need to make sure it gets healed because time, one of the foolish foolish things I've heard in, in culture, time heals all wounds. No, it does not. Time doesn't heal wounds. Time time creates infections. Time creates numbness. Have you met some people that you've been around and been wounded and seen them be hurt? Time doesn't heal wounds. Not at all. Time actually creates more numbness and more infection. And so time doesn't heal wounds. Intentionality can heal wounds. Intentionality certainly can heal wounds. And so that's why you cannot forget the past. You actually need to confront the past. A lot of times the scripture is misquoted in Philippians chapter 3. Paul is saying, Forget is, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards the goal ahead of us. Talking about the heavenly prize. Paul, in context in that scripture, is actually saying, forgetting the achievements that we've accomplished. Because how many know, although you might have achieved something, and I'm speaking to somebody in this room, although you might have achieved something for God or for yourself or for your family, how many know if you still are on earth, you still got purpose for your life? And so God doesn't want you to revel in the past. He actually wants you to keep going and building and advancing the kingdom in the future. And so Paul is speaking, he's saying, forgetting the past, forgetting the past achievements. He's not saying, forget your past, forgive and forget your past, that is not real. You need to confront your past, you need to address the pain so you can get over the pain and get healed from the pain. That's what his scripture teaches. But I want to teach you today, just through three quick things, and we're going to be done, and we're going to pray, and we're going to worship together, is this, I want to teach you how to avoid infection. Because I've met a lot of people that have been so severely hurt but they have been infected, and they've allowed infection to kill them as opposed to the injury to kill them. Write down the first one. It would be this. Is this. You have to be honest with yourself. You getting some of that? Is this helpful for anybody? You got to be honest with yourself. You need a doctor. You need help. You cannot help somebody that doesn't recognize that they need help. I, I said this before, but why don't you again write it down in your notes. Make sure you have this. You, God will not heal what you hide. He will not heal what you hide. I, uh, I got a phone call from one of my best friends. Um, we were best friends growing up together. And uh, just something you need to know about my friend, he's a physical specimen. I mean, literally, it's like Zeus and LeBron James had a man-child, and it was this guy. Okay, just, just he has like 14 abs. I don't even know how he has 14 abs. It's, it's a deformity. It's weird. Um, he's unbelievable, and he's shredded. One of the most fit guys I've ever seen. Okay, have you got, got the picture yet? Um, but the reality was, he called me and he said, Dev, uh, listen, I need you to sit down. I got cancer. And he told me he had cancer. And I thought to myself, what in the world? This guy who was physically so fit, eats super healthy, eats super clean, and he got cancer. I thought to myself, so this guy who is physically a specimen on the outside has poison on the inside. I wonder how many people come into church so regularly. And you come in, nice suit on, nice outfit, got a big old smile. But if we got a little look inside of your heart, you would see poison and injuries and hurt and pain and trauma all within that thing. You got to be honest with yourself because God will not heal what you hide. And so it's okay in an environment like this to not be okay. 
I love that we come into a church in a setting where we love to be real. We love to be raw. One preacher I listen to, he says, we're a hot church, honest, open, and transparent. We're hot. And so I love that we're in an environment where you can be transparent and real. And you don't need to be real with everybody, but you need to be real and honest with somebody. So write down number two is this. Be honest with yourself. And listen, be honest with someone. Be honest with someone. What a danger it is in society when you can't open up to anybody. I love this about our church and our community because not every church and community is like this. And we love the church. We love the big C church of Jesus Christ. But the reality is you don't need another sermon. You don't need more preaching. You don't just need to come to a service and experience like this. What you need is family and family you can go through hell with. That's what you need. Because dark days are coming is what scripture teaches. You will have some traumatic experiences in your life and you cannot go through it alone. And I see far too many people where they suffer constantly. But the reality is God is saying you need somebody, somebody you can be yourself with because there's the ideal you and then there's that real you. You know, there's the Instagram you, there's the Facebook you, and then there's the real you, the you that you hide, where, where some people know some of your struggles, but they don't know all your struggles. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody in the room? Yeah, yeah. Some people know some of the stuff, but they don't know all the stuff. What is integrity? Integrity is basically when somebody fully knows you. That's integrity. When somebody fully knows the person that you are. And I wonder how many people in this room have people in their life they could go to war with. I, I, I said it recently in a sermon, but you don't need friends you can go to the mall with. You need friends you can go to war with. Friends who you can pray for. Friends that, friends that when you're struggling, when you're hurting, you can say, hey, I'm coming over right now. I'm not, I'm not asking to come over. I am coming over. Like, you need people like that. People that can open up your fridge without even asking. Like, those type of people in your life. Because that's family, and that's what you need here. We don't want to just be a friendly church. We want you to have a friend in this church. Be honest with somebody. I, I, I was reading this book, The Truth About Men, by Devon Franklin. He said, he said, literally, men are raised, watch this, men are raised their whole lives telling you to deny and suppress the emotions and the hurt and the baggage that you feel. We're, we're taught from a young age to do this. Be macho. Be better than that. Be stronger than that. You're a man. Stop crying. Men aren't supposed to cry. Can I tell you something? Real men cry. I know it's not popular. I know that's not a thing to get amen. But literally when you express emotion, that's a strong man. That's not a weak man. You know, real men worship God. I wish I got a better amen than nothing. Come on, real men. Listen to me. Real men worship God. Real men can express emotion. Because denying and suppressing that is weakness, not strength. And so you need somebody to open up with. Why? I say this because, watch, men are three and a half times, this is research done, in, in America at least, men are three and a half times more likely to commit suicide than women are. There are three and a half times more men to commit suicide in our country than women are. Why? Because silence is literally killing us. Can I, can I tell you something? You need a doctor. You need a friend. And there are some wounds that you can heal at home. There are some wounds that friends can heal, but there are some wounds you need a doctor because deep wounds require a skilled surgeon. Yeah. And some wounds only God can heal. No physical person can do that. Therapy can't even do that. Some wounds only God can heal. Man, I feel the spirit of God in this room. Some wounds only God can heal. It's true. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today. 
I wonder if he's touching that little, that little subject. Because I believe he's, he wants to heal it. Because he's a healer. Because he's a comforter. He's your advocate. He is your righteousness. He is your redemption. He is your salvation. Our God is the great I am. He is. So, so listen. You got to get honest. Get honest with somebody. Get honest with yourself. And lastly, get honest with God. Get honest with God. He can handle your pain. Throw your shame, throw your hurt, throw your burdens, throw your trauma on Jesus. He can handle that pain. He can handle that emotion. He can handle all that. He can handle it. For Jesus himself experienced severe trauma emotionally, physically, spiritually. He had a crown of thorns on his head. Not only was that physically excruciating, but that was shameful. So it was emotional and it was painful. He had nails in his hands, a spear in his side. Some scholars say he was completely naked, so they were trying to be as shameful as possible. It said the king of the Jews on the ground. Like, like they're trying to traumatize this man. And then he had spiritual abuse. Can you imagine, just for a moment, imagine with me for a second. You wrap up all your sins, all your sins in your past, present, and future, all you, and just look at it. That's a heavy weight. Can you imagine how you feel? You know how you feel when you commit one sin? That's the guilt, the, 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 the condemnation you, you tend to feel. Pull that all up in one life. Put it on Jesus. Now put seven billion people's sins on Jesus. Not even talking about the past people. Not even talking about the future people. But seven billion people's sins on Jesus. Can you imagine the weight, the guilt, the shame, the hurt, the burdens that that man felt on that cross as he hung high and spread wide? And yet he said, it is finished. And three days later, he resurrected from the grave. He ascended into heaven, signifying that who he, who he said he was, he was. And that he's not going to stay down, but he's going to get back up because he is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's not going to stay injured, but he's actually going to get healing. And what Jesus did, you can do. And Jesus' story can be your story is, yeah, you've had, you've had some trauma. You've got some hurt. You've got some burdens. You've got some stuff you've been through in your life. But, friend, I'm telling you, God wants to heal it, and he can heal it. He can heal it. He can heal it. So listen, Psalm 147, we read it again. I pray you memorize the scripture. Is he is the healer of the brokenhearted. Man, he can bandage your wounds. He is a healer, and he is a comforter. But watch. Watch what doctors say. Doctors say this. This is so powerful. Doctors say... Actual doctors say, if you want to heal a wound, first of all, this is what you have to do. You have to keep it uncovered. Oh, my gosh. So good. You got to keep it uncovered. In other words, stop hiding it. Stop hiding your wounds. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to say, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I got some trauma. I got some issues. I got some drama in my life. I don't know what to do with the past, but I am hurting. Leave the wound uncovered. Just say, I'm going to leave it uncovered. You gotta leave it uncovered. You gotta leave it uncovered. You wanna get it healed? Watch this. Here's the last part of the doctor say, Oh my gosh, this is so good. They say, If you wanna heal a wound, leave it uncovered and watch. The second part is this let the blood flow. Oh my God. Are you serious? Let the blood flow. In other words, what the blood does is it will literally clean out all the, all the issues, the impurities, the bacteria, all these things. It will just let it flow. And can I tell you something? If you wanna get healed, let the blood of Jesus flow over your life. Let it take over your mind. Let it take over your soul. Just let it flow. Let it go. Let it, let it cleanse you. Let it get rid of the bitterness. Let it get rid of the pain. Let it get rid of the hurt. Let it get rid of the trauma. Because I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is the cure for your hurt. Can I get an amen from somebody?
It's the blood of Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I want to pray for a couple groups of people. And then we're going to worship. I ended a little early because I really believe that you need to go on the doctor's table. You need to get some surgery done today. And I want to pray for a group of people in here. If, if I'm talking to you and God was speaking to you in this message, you just, you need a doctor. If that was you, can you just identify yourself and say, I'm hurting. I need some help. I've experienced some trauma, some issues, some pain. I see your hands, so many hands all over the room. And you put those hands down. Let me pray for you. Father, we hold you to your word. You're a healer. You're a comforter. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You are my healer. You are my righteousness. And so, God, I ask for those, especially that have lifted up their hands, acknowledged they are hurting. They need a doctor. I pray in Jesus' name right now, Holy Spirit, that you would do a mighty work on the inside of them, that there has been some severe pains, issues, breaks, hurts, aches, abandonment, loss, divorce. Father, we just declare that their dysfunction or their issue is not their identity. Jesus is their identity, that they would know who they are, that you would mend and heal. They don't need fixing, like I said before. They need healing, God. And so we ask that you would perform surgery right now. There are some people in the room that you don't need a sermon. You, you, don't, you don't just need a, a counselor, although I think there are some people in this room that need to go to therapy and need to get healthy. If you want to live well, you need to get healthy. But, God, they need, they need a supernatural miracle of God. That's what they need. And so, Father, I ask that you would provide that today in Jesus' name. Now, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to pray for some people in the room as well that maybe you just need to receive Jesus. He's the healer. He is the way, the truth, and the life, the Bible says it. And if you want to live a great life, you have 25,000 mornings, you got 10,000 mornings left, you got 5,000 mornings left. If you want to live your best life, your best life is attached to Jesus' life. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to say, I need to receive Jesus in my life. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to boldly shoot up your hand and say, I need to receive Jesus. If that's you, one, Jesus loves you so much. Two, he died for you. Today is your day for salvation. Don't you dare wait another minute. Three, if that's you, shoot your hand up. I see your hand and 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 your hand. Thank you so much. And your hand, thank you so much. We are so proud of you. Come on, would everybody as a church family repeat this after me? Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And Father, today, I give it to you. I give my life to you. I give my hurts to you. I give all of me to all of you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we praise God today?